I have a thing for you, Tom. How are you? First of all, how are you? Welcome to the show. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. It's a pleasure yeah. to be talked to. What? <laughs> already, so, already, I, I don't a, enjoy it. I just it. have a very, I want to do, we're going to do a little experiment. We're going to do a little Uh-oh. experiment. So oh I, the internet, you know, the internet, you've been there. Yep. The internet is yep. a valuable trove, a treasure trove of information and support for all kinds of anxiety and other mental health related issues. <laughs> no. Also, Reddit is there. <laughs> and yep. So I found a post on Reddit. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to see how close you could get to describing the post for me by me reading the comments to you? So I'm trying to guess what the original post was based on the comments. Got yeah, it. And, and I don't necessarily need you to get a word-for-word thing, but if you can get one of the principal elements that are in this post, <laughs> even one, I'm going to call this and, a win. Okay? And these are all anxiety-related. They're related to a thing that causes anxiety-related things. So Interesting. Here we are. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, here's one person who says, yeah, but only because my family lives here as well. <laughs> oh. How about, can't say I've gotten anxiety. I always want to start a project. When I do, I don't want to do it anymore and sit on my phone, LOL. How about, Haha, yes, man, I've been on it three days now and cracking anxiety. Response. These are all about the same thing? Yeah. Response, three days, you okay, sir. But of course, you, letter U, okay, okay, sir, S-I-R. Three days, are you okay, sir? Yeah, it's better if you have people to hang out with and talk to and activities to do. I used to love the bowling alley. (laughs) Wait, it's, so they're on it for three days. Yeah. How about one Does more? This, have this, anything, is gonna, yeah. this is going to get us... Well, go ahead. You have a guess? Based on just nothing, but is this anything to do with like virtual reality? No. Fake hanging out? No. Okay, no. go ahead. How about uh, this <laughs> classic from Dark Knight 669? Drink oh. some alcohol to curb the anxiety. It doesn't matter where I am. I always get anxiety from it unless I drink or do benzos. Oh, that's not virtual reality. That would be weird. Meta. How about, um, yeah, it's called, quote, this just might kill me and no one is here to help if I'm in trouble, end quote, anxiety. Shrug emoji. What is it? This is harder than I thought it would be. So it's something that you do for three days. It's not involved. You have to drink to get through it. It doesn't involve other people that much because you or physical activity. What is it? Unless you're Slope Shredder 900 who says, this is why you always do it with a homie or two, bro. Psychedelic drugs? No. (gasps) One more. Not drinking. Anxiety is probably something else you're thinking or stressed of. Try drinking. I only do blow when I drink. Just enhances yet sobers up my happiness. Oh, wait. So it's... That's right. The post... Gonna be a long night. Hate doing coke alone in my house. Gives me a weird, terrible anxiety feeling. Anyone else experience this? But Tom, that's not the end of the post. The end of the post includes an actual picture of the anxiety-inducing cocaine. 
Oh, like a homemade <laughs> yeah, picture? Yeah, it's like a it's like Coke on a kitchen ta- kitchen counter. Why does Reddit exist? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what, what a weird specific problem. Gonna be a long night. I hate doing... I feel like there's so many ways to solve this problem. <laughs> I hate doing Coke alone. But I'm well, gonna do it anyway, and I know anxiety's coming along for the ride. And I like that one person's like, you like Coke? Try bowling. <laughs> Bowling is the opposite of doing blow. <laughs> Bowling is the lewds of the of the drug world. Absolutely. <laughs> Left behind. We can do some scrapbooking. <laughs> A long night of coke and Etsy. Wish me luck, everybody. I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. And every single week, we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Reach out to us already. Send us the story of your anxieties to whatsthatsmell.net. You can be as anonymous as you want, anonymous, and uh, we will talk about it and learn and laugh along with you. Again, that's whatsthatsmell.net. And with that, Pete, I will go first. Pete, as you know, and some of our listeners might, I don't know. Until recently, I have been neck deep in post-production on my first horror short film. It's called Static, and we finished it, and I'm very proud of it, and we've started submitting to festivals. And again, it's my first horror short film. Very exciting. Look, look, here's the thing. It is it, it is wonderful. I love it. I haven't seen the final version because you won't show it to me because I was terrible at sending you feedback on time. But it yeah, is we're in a, a real wonderful big thing. Here's the thing, though, is that... Uh, I imagine that you are dealing with some real issues around this thing because you, in at least our shared group of of friends, are Mr. Horror. No, Dr. Horror. Like, you oh, love and live I in got the horror. MD. You That's got the exciting. MD. It's honorary. I mean, let's not, let's not go overboard. <laughs> it's but, a real Cosby. Uh, I get it. <laughs> That's that's who you're known by. I imagine if I were in your shoes, that stepping up and actually making my own horror movie would be a disaster for my own uh, anxiety. How you doing? Um, en- I'm enough that it took me 47 years. Granted, the first 10 were a real wash. <laughs> but uh, like it took me forever. It's the same. I always compared it to singing Prince at karaoke. Oh. Like, I just can't. It's too, there's too much to live up to. And I felt the same way about a horror. And then when we got this situation with Johnny GD Jackaloni and I got this amazing location and we had this idea, it really made it all incredibly satisfying and worthwhile. Yeah. But I'm actually not here to talk about my feelings of setting something out creative into the world. That is going to be at a future episode. Instead, I want to talk about the beeps and boops of it all. Now, I said before I'd been knee, neck deep or knee deep, knee neck deep in post-production. For those that might not know what that is, Pete, you are a smarty. Can you explain very briefly just what post-production entails? Uh, when you are in production, you are capturing all the beeps and boops, the sound, the video, the moving pictures of it all. And in post-production, you are putting it all together. You have this puzzle set of puzzle pieces and you are putting it all together to make something hopefully coherent. 
Correct, correct. And uh, so I edited it and I did the sound design. So I went through artlist.io and I found 900 sound effects and textures and mapping mm-hmm. and all that. But then at the very end, I needed to hire a colorist which is someone who makes the film look really good. They can go in and like tweak things and make the colors a little more vibrant, saturated. And, and consistent a more than anything else, right? And like, make everything look is, like it's part of the same movie. Which is rough because we were chasing the sun. <laughs> a lot of it, like half of it is outside and, you know, the sun's a real jerk. Um, and then we had a sound mixer. I said I had done the sound design, which means I built how it should sound, but then you need a sound mixer to make all of those elements sound well together, which is beyond my pay grade. Um, And so after all of my tinkering and moving things around and decisions and everything through editing, I had to give it over to these other artists. And this is always an exciting, but also very sickening process. I see you rolling your eyes. I want to ask you in a second, but because number one, it means that I have picture lock. Meaning I can't keep moving things around. If you give things to your sound mixer and your colorist, you can't also be like, hey, you know what? I want to change things around because then they have to do all their work again. So it's picture lock, which means I'm giving up control and I can't keep tinkering, which is probably good for me because I generally need things taken away from me. Um, well, and then and the picture most- lock specifically, I mean, just I was picture lock yeah. means, means a thing, right? It just means no more edits. Right. Correct. You can't do anything. You, you else. can you can change how the color looks. You can mix the sound. That's a whole other thing. But you can't move this scene to another place. Yeah. You can't make this scene shorter. It just gums up the entire works. So yeah, it's finally pulling the trigger, pulling the plug, pulling the trigger, and then the third part, which is the worst part of all of it, is now it's computer programs talking to other computer programs, and there are. Always problems. Mm-hmm. Every single time I've had posts, because of computers talking to computers, at some point, everything just slams on the brakes. And it's a non-creative technical problems that I have no hope in understanding and can only pray that someone can help me solve them. Uh, for instance, one of the things that we went through, and I'll make this very brief because it's very technical, but we had to create a, what's called an AAF for the sound mixer. What's AAF stand for? No one knows. Anyways, it's like this big blueprint of where all the sounds are supposed to go. And uh, basically because of advice I've gotten from an incredible tech person in the first stages of editing, all of that stuff, months later, you know, after I did the editing, it turned out that I couldn't print out an AAF because the program that does it won't talk to Adobe. And Adobe has known about this problem for years. Adobe, king of software updates, doesn't update this. And there was a about a period of three or four days while the same tech person valiantly helped me solve it. We, we ended up getting through it. But three or four days where there was a chance I had to maybe go back and pair sound manually to an already edited film. Oh, God. I cannot tell you what a disaster that would be. It would add weeks and weeks and weeks. We were coming up to deadlines, and it would just be so gross. Everything was so stressful, and it made me feel so helpless and sad and scared and stupid. Now, I know I've talked about technophobia and fears of certain tech before, but this is a different anxious feeling. It's a little more focused. That's why I want to talk about it a little bit. I hit on what it is. Do you know what it makes me feel? It makes you feel like, what's his name in Naked Lunch when he's writing his book and he's writing it in the mouth of the giant alien head. The keyboard is inside the mouth of the alien head. That's what I imagine you doing. It makes me feel like the Naked Lunch, <laughs> where I'm my typewriter is a weird beetle person yeah. and everything is squishy and gross. Yeah, yeah, get in yeah. there. Uh, it makes me feel old. 
Oh, yeah. What it does, it makes me feel get off my lawn old. And that's a part of feeling helpless, part of being like, technology is progressing and I'm feeling like I'm being left behind. So my thesis for this segment is, at some point as I get older, will my entire life feel like (laughs) post-production? Will I just be swimming in technology as I just slowly get left behind now you are a tech guy you and you have helped me through a myriad of problems Ooh, good word um a myriad of problems technical problems all throughout my entire life does this ever happen to you because i saw you raise rolling your eyes of like oh post-production can be the worst giving Uh it to other people with their computer programs tell me what your situation is well there are a lot of layers to what you've set uh, you, you've set out before me here. The first one, the production, the post-production thing is, um, I relate to that very closely because I, I too have, have had to deal with the perils of AAF uh, in it, it is an interchange format. It stands for advanced authoring format. Come on, man, just get it, get it right. Like if we're going <laughs> to do this, just uh, if you want to make right. things up, if that if makes you feel better, you're going to call fine. something a name, which this deserves, you should know what the name is. <laughs> This effing AAF is the worst, and it's it, pronounced AAF. Ah. <laughs> um, so, but but the point is, I feel like when I hand technical projects, packages of digital bits of something I've worked on to somebody else, that I am immediately going to be judged by them as not capable because I don't know all the ins and outs of the technology oh, that I'm using. Right. So that's that's the first level that yep. they're going to see this thing and they're going to be like. How how are you like? Why did you get out of bed this morning? You don't know the basics of setting right. up and configuring uh, a premiere, you know, uh, project to edit this movie. This is like you might as well have used like scotch tape and child left-handed scissors. You know, like protect <laughs> yourself first and foremost. So that's what I I stress with that the um, the old part. Yeah. I I, re- I resonate with that too, and I it, it mostly hits me around social media. Oh, sure, that's a huge part of it. Yeah, when because, we were doing Facebook ads for Thirty Nights, the feature that Mandy and Johnny GD Jackaloni, they just kept changing the rules over yeah. and over, over again. and over and over. Again. And it's a black box. There's no yeah. you can't really like talk to anyone. Yeah. at Facebook. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just but, it, yeah, but you know that's media. it. Like in order for you to be successful at it, I think there is a degree to which you have to fall in love with it. Right, you have mm. to like love living in it and investigating. Every day, because the rules change so fast. But even beyond just living in one platform like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, the new platforms, the new hotness comes around all the time. Like just, right. you know, turn turn left every third year and there's another major platform. Right now it's TikTok. And this is this is where I am. I did an interview uh, with a uh, with a person who is behind many of the technical security specifications and things we use on the internet, right? I, for oh, a different show, okay. uh, for example, like you know the little lock icon on yeah. your resident that, that tells you you have an encrypted connection. He's behind that specification. Um, the I love it, how I just blankly yeah. believe anything. Anytime <laughs> I see a padlock, I'm like, here you go. Yeah. You know, it'd be well, really easy to copy paste a, a padlock. <laughs> and that's that's precisely what he says. That, that things yeah. have, have gone crazy. But one thing that he said that uh, that was a great relief to me was he said that there is one app that he won't install and he won't let his kids install on their phones, and that's TikTok. Because he knows he has done the research himself and he is a verified, like, 
objectively considered an expert in this field. And he said, TikTok is doing things that on your network and on your device that are beyond just TikTok. And you don't want that stuff happening if you want to be secure. And I heard that and I thought, oh, thank God I don't have to learn TikTok. Oh, because like, it gives you an excuse. He gave me an out. He gave me a sure. plausible out to be not on TikTok. And that, like, that is an opportunity cost savings. Like, I don't have to research that because it's dangerous. Thank God it's dangerous. <laughs> so I don't have to look into it. And But that just makes me seem more old, right? Like, that's the same yeah. thing you're talking It feels like the same thing you're talking about, which is I, I can't, like, I'm. I don't want to do this thing. So get off my lawn so I don't have to. <laughs> right, exactly. And the one of the worst parts is I I know where this is all leading. I can see my future because I just recently as we were talking about went to Boulder to visit my family and mm-hmm. my crazy uncle Jay, my parents and my crazy uncle Jay. And Uncle Jay from Florida. My, uncle Jay from Florida. Um I did say he was crazy. Uh and my parents this never stuck out for me until I'd been having all of these technical things. For their TV in the main room, they have like six remotes. <laughs> I'm not joking. For the sound and the TV and something else, I don't know if there's a toaster over there, they have six remotes and each remote does one thing. Like this remote is just in charge of the volume. This one is just in charge of TiVo. Yes, TiVo. I have it too. Uh, this is just in charge of like, I don't know, powering up something. And they have like little yellow stickies on each one because if you turn them on in the wrong order, everything is destroyed. And then my mom, I stayed in uh, my old or an old room of the place. And there was a clock that had all these yellow stickies on it saying, don't touch. And it's because my mom sometimes when the, in the summer, when it gets really hot, they sleep downstairs. And there's this clock that she has that shoots the time up on the ceiling. So you don't have to like roll over and look at the time. It's just always there above you. But the clock is wrong. I noticed the clock is like 15, 16, 17, like a random time is a sh- wrong. Is that a sharper image clock? I think they would have got oh, a sharper it image. Rolls reeks with sharper image. Of sharper image. It reeks yeah. of just that kind of yeah. What was the other Brook Brookridge? Brookstone. No, Brookstone. God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, happy crap. You don't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, there's all these buttons on it saying "Don't touch." And I was like, "Hey, do you want me to fix?" Your clock, it's saying the wrong time. She goes, no, because I tried to change the time once and it started shooting off in different directions. <laughs> so we just have to leave it alone because it might break worse. And I'm their tech guy. <laughs> like, so we yikes. have to know, we have to know the time the, offset yes, at all times. Yes. And do you, the math you, in our You head. bought that, something that was so convenient that you don't have to turn over and yet it's showing you the wrong time. It <laughs> reminds me of that really old, back when he was still funny, Jay Leno bit that he would do on De- David Letterman where uh-huh. he talked about how he would go home and his mother would have the TV remote control in a drawer because she was afraid it would start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I see where this is all going and yeah. I see myself having more and more remotes as I go forward, yeah. having a drawer filled with cables that I don't know what any of them do. Oh, yeah. Um, You've got a whole closet, the closet of shame. We've been there. We have been there. Yeah, yeah, probably. (laughs) It's an apartment of shame at this point. Um, I think I I have an additional piece that I'm starting to be aware of to to layer on top of that anxiety for you. Okay, good. Which is that I am, I'm directly between generations of tech support, right? Like, my parents would often count on me as their tech support person 
And now I have a son who's becoming the age where he is asserting his technical oh. prowess over yep. me. So at some yep. point, I, I also know where this is going because I'm going to be who my dad was and my I'm going to be calling on my son to find like the patience and like the yeah. the calm demeanor to help me with all my remotes because I won't care anymore by then like I'll just be mad <laughs> right <laughs> so angry all the time just full yeah. east winning it I yeah. get it <laughs> right. um I did find I did a little bit of research there's not a lot worth going into really it's like call in help take your time but there were two little hints that i thought were really interesting and i was wondering if i could share them real quick just oh, in case course. other people's um i found this in the military organization of officers and organization people it's moa.org no one knows how what the acronym stands for and they suggest this i thought this was interesting think like your device Though digital technology sometimes seems incomprehensible, a lot of thought goes into how devices operate, including their user interfaces. If you can put yourself into the shoes of the persons who design the device, you can often figure out what specific steps to take to problem solve. That's interesting. Yeah. Thinking like a device. I don't know if that's legitimate for me or if that's actually going to help, <laughs> but I like the idea. And then the other one, and this is, you said, like talking to your son, yeah. asking for help. My parents saying, stay away from all the clocks. When you call in for help, this was at 60andme.com. Boy, oh boy, my new favorite website. It says, when one of the keys to seeking help is to make sure you have a specific set of questions or problems. Don't approach your loved one and say, I need you to teach me how to use computer. <laughs> it will be less daunting for you and your person of choice if you say, I don't understand folders and documents. Do you have time to show me a few things? So if you bite-size it, if you just come at them and go, what bing? Then they're going to freak out. But instead, if you say, this is the specifically, I need my clock to say the right yeah. time, maybe there will be more... Uh, ingrained to help you. So I just thought I, I hadn't thought about that yeah. that much. And so uh, I'm those are things that I'm going to keep in mind as I just collect remote after remote after remote. The other thing that I, I would just add is that Google has gotten really smart with natural language processing. So you can write that question, I want my clock to display the correct time. <laughs> And sharper image, and it will right. it will likely give you the answer now. Like it's pretty good at processing, and you so oh. you don't have to feel like oh my gosh, I can't use the Google because it's constantly like I have to know some secret search language. It's really pretty right. good at asking specific questions. You'll get you know specific, more specific answers. So that's the other thing. You could always ask a computer. Duh. No, that's, no, what, rough, that's how they sailing. get you. Every time. That's how they get you. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, trying to get out, but it keeps pulling you back in, Tom. People have a lot of different reasons to band together. Sometimes it's for support, sometimes for companionship. And sometimes it's because they all believed in the teachings of a 90s Taiwanese professor who was clearly insane. In 1993, the professor Chen Hong Min founded the Chen Tao, or True Way, religion. But we can use the term religion lightly because if it walks like a cult and quacks like a cult, well, you get it. Hong Min, among other things, believed the universe was over 4.5 trillion 
years old, and that the human race had been saved on multiple occasions by God who would descend to Earth in a UFO shaped like a cloud, preaching that God would be coming back to whisk away true believers in another cloud-shaped shuttle bus in 1999, the goodly professor collected a great deal of money from his throng and moved his followers to the town of Garland, Texas in 1997, reportedly because the word Garland sounded like the words Godland to him. I desperately wish I was making that up. It was then that Hong Min made his most startling prediction, one that would be the beginning of the end of the True Way cult religion. The professor announced that God himself would show up on a specific cable station, Channel 18, at 12.01 a.m. on March 25th, 1998, to announce his second coming. Whether or not a person had cable would not make a difference in the announcement, as it would magically show on any TV screen. As his followers and others sat wrapped with anticipation, the time, predictably, came and went with no God cameo of which to speak. What makes this stand out from other cultings is that a local news report was there to film the disappointment of his followers in real time. And I, uh, let's take a call from James and maybe we've got his picture as well that we can put up on the screen. Hello, James. Well, it's five minutes after 12 right now and Han Min Chen's not on there yet. And according to his own philosophy and preachings that we've heard, he's a phony. A phony, indeed. The True Way cult disbanded shortly afterward. Are you looking for a group of like-minded people who don't believe in cloud ships, but do believe in the healing power of podcasting? Then why not become a Panic Pal today? For just the low, low, low one-time cost of $35, you will help Uncle Pete and I keep this anxiety train a-chugging for Season 7. Why, that's the season you're listening to right now! We love this show, but it is not free to produce, so we would really appreciate your support. Plus, all Panic Pals get all episodes a week early, special members-only episodes like the vastly regrettable Drinky Drink episode during our break, stickers, a signed best friend certificate, and more, more, more. So go right now to what's that smell.net and sign up to become a panic pal and help Pete and I with our seventh coming. Now, on with the show. Hi, Tom. Hello, Pete. Pete here, uh, still yep. on the podcast. <laughs> um, I, so this, I, I know that you, We've already done a quiz on this show, but I'm here with another yep. with another quiz, mostly because oh boy. Uh, we, today we're talking about food. And in oh. my research for this week, I ended up down quite a gastronomical research byway, which offered, uh, dare I say it, a cornucopia of anxieties related <laughs> to food that I had never explored before. And so oh, no. before we dig into the meat of the conversation, I wonder if we could do a little a little quiz. And, and have I is, ever thrown up a seeing a squirrel? Yes. No. <laughs> Season one, y'all. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the, the quiz is we're going to, I'm going to give you some specific phobias related, all related to food. Mm. And you're going to try and parse out the words for me and tell me what they are. What do you think about I that? Don't understand. Well, for example. Yes. Acerbophobia. Acerbophobia. What is that the fear of? Acerbic means what? Like annoying? Something that gets under your skin? Acerbic? So maybe something very acerbic. Sour? Either okay. hot or sour? Stop talking. You've already nailed it. Fear oh! of sour things. Bing, bam, boom. You're a food hero. 
Uh, okay. That's a serbophobia. That was new to me. Have you ever heard of uh, a No, a fear oh. of sour. Yeah. That's interesting. Versus a dislike. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. How about ovophobia? Ova. I'm going to make a guess and say it has to do with eggs. And you would be right. I'm Alfred, really good at this. Alfred Hitchcock is a known ovophobic. He has that is a very complicated relationship with food. He says, I'm frightened of eggs. I don't know. Can you do a good Hitchcock? Oh, I'm frightened of eggs. I'm not a crook. Uh, that, <laughs> was that good? It. I don't Darn think it. that's it. Uh, the white round thing without any holes. Have you ever seen anything more revolting than an ed- egg yolk breaking and spilling its yellow liquid? That's Hitchcock. Ew. What he a creep. hated eggs. This from a guy you know, who made an entire movie about birds. <laughs> good point. Eggs are interesting in that if you don't cook them real quick, they're really kind of gross and scary. <laughs> they're so delicious, <laughs> but everything about an egg seems like you're making a yeah. mistake. Why am I doing this? How about yeah. turophobia? T-U-R-O-phobia. Turo. Turo. I don't know. Fear of cheese. Oh, no. I have the yeah. opposite. Yeah. I'm a turo a, fanatic. A yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, people who who say they things like I get ticklish inside when I see it. I feel legitimately sick when I see other people eating it. Right. So, wow. how about this? There's an easy one right over the plate, Tom. Carnophobia. Meat. Yeah, fear of meat. Sure. Uh, and and a lot of this is as you can imagine going into fear of uh, uh flesh, like the eating eating living stuff is eh, we've talked about good. the fact that i'm a that mandy and i are hip hypocritical carnivores yeah. that we don't like eating things off of bones. off of bones yeah i want right. everything to be in patty form yep speaking of eating things off of other things how do you feel about cotaliophobia cotaliophobia i don't know well say. you would have a fear of spoons oh no yeah why are, why would you be afraid of i'm not saying what an insane thing i'm just saying like what about a spoon would be threatening? Here's the, here's the specific thing. It's usually it's related to a germophobia. Like I I don't want to be a part of this spoon related activity because I believe that I don't know what's going on with other people, what they're doing with the spoon, and oh. not have the same problem with a fork or a knife, right? Like it's just so spoons are related like, to a spoon. Spoons yeah. are like hotel rooms for your mouth. What? Yes. Right, I right, mean, right. like you don't know who all's been there before. Right. Yeah. Spoons are a hotel room for the mouth. Is that a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt? What if you were a Mygerophobic? I'm sorry, I I misspoke. A Mygerocophobic. Mygerocophobic? I have no idea. You would have a fear of cooking. Oh, yikes. Yeah, yeah. The actual act of cooking is something that has uh, a phobic, but that would be uh, secondary to uh, Chibophobia. Chibophobia. C-I-B-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. That's not the fear of eating, is it? It's the fear of food. It is manifested most commonly in a fear related to perishability of food. That you cannot trust the food you eat because you never know if it's just presented to you. Is it still good? That is the fear related there. I Uh, inherited a little bit of that from my dad. My dad is like a next day or not kind of person. He's a cheap for leftovers. Yeah. 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 How about lachanophobia? Lachanophobia. It sounds like lachayim. 
It is a C-H. L-A-C-H-A-N-O. Okay, so... I leaned in probably of, a little too too much. Fear of life? It. Yeah. Fear what of vegetables. It? Oh, no. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, this one is the... This is not the purpose of our talk today, but it's one that I just delight in being able to say. <laughs> and I okay. need to go to my notes because I had to write a phonetic uh, pronunciation. Oh, sure. Morchuosquiosphobia. Morchuosquiosphobia. And the spelling of know, that, in case you yeah, need to know, M-O-R-T-U-U-S-E-Q-U-U-S-P-H-O-B-I-A. Morchuosquiosphobia. So that scientist's cat jumped on the keyboard. He was like, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> I want to know what it is right away. It is an ungainly word for a fear of a common condiment. Ketchup. Ketchup. Fear oh. of ketchup. Apparently, the term uh, is based on an Australian slang, which means dead horse. Uh, and what? that is the sight, smell, taste, everything, uh, a- avoiding uh, ketchup. Can't see ketchup and have all of the uh, all of the triggers, the anxiety triggers, cold sweats. We don't get ketchup fear. from dead horses, do no, we? No, but the term, no. No, we get them from tomatoes, unless those horses are made of tomatoes. <laughs> what do we get from horses? Glue. Glue. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So that all leads us to uh, today's listener submission. Oh, um, yeah. first one of the yep. season. This is yeah, exciting. We got one. Uh, okay. And the listener submission comes from listener Sticky and Not Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Hi, Sticky. Sticky writes... <laughs> I just had a breakthrough with my anxiety. I've always had oh. claustrophobia and live with a feeling that whatever breath I'm taking is my last. Uh, but I just did hypnosis with my therapist and we figured out what specifically I am triggered by. Sticky foods, jams, butters, anything that I can put in my mouth that can't easily be chewed and swallowed but might somehow clog my throat. Oh. What came out of hypnosis is that I haven't eaten peanut butter in 24 years. Huh. Now I know about it, but it still sucks. I guess I can steer away from it. What's that all about, you think? Now. Wow, sticky foods. That leads okay. us to a specific phobia that I uncovered in this list, this quiz-worthy list of food-related phobias, Tom. And it is <laughs> arachibutyrophobia. Arachidophobia, ah, which is fear sticky of, spiders, fear of peanut butter. I don't know why oh. arachid is in there. Probably the sticky part. I don't know. Peanut butter sure. sticky enough. You don't need to throw that in there. Uh, I don't know why but, you're screaming at me. But, <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear anyway. Look, uh, arachidophobia is a fear of peanut butter, but more specifically, it's a fear of what happens when you put peanut butter in your mouth. It sticks to your the roof of your mouth, and that experience right. is is one that a lot of people have a visceral reaction. Too. And that peanut butter or almond butter, any of the any of the nut butters, or I don't know, maybe a stick of butter. I what do you eat? Um, <laughs> that can in some way, shape, or form clog the back of your throat because you can't have you 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 don't have the ability to like chew it and make it smaller. It just like stays there. Just you know, right? Re- you can't cut peanut butter in half. It just it's like the blob. It just comes right back together. Stickies you right up. What do you think about it- that? It reminds me that they made an entire ad campaign based on 
clogging your mouth up and not having milk. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly the entire gut milk was like Horrible people thing. failing over and over again because they couldn't answer Aaron Burr. And then there was one about chocolate cake that I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, that is, I mean, I've had my share as people, as uh, listeners of the show, trouble with swallowing in the last year. I had, what did we call it? Dysphagia. dysphagia. Pseudodysphagia. Pseudodysphagia. Yeah. Pseudodysphagia. Yeah. Um, uh, it is now gone because I was on medication and then it's just is officially gone. But anything involving swallowing or things getting stuck in your mouth. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. Well, and that as it happens, and it, comes it's out quick in the to panicky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That comes it, it's out it's about breathing. that it's about breathing, that that pseudo dysphagia is the fear of choking. And yep. um, and it is like largely when you when you talk to the therapeutic community they're like okay there's something th this is a trauma response first and that's the key in this hypnosis right uh when you say things like i what we uncovered in hypnosis is that i haven't eaten peanut butter in 24 years what happened 24 years ago is what your therapist oh, should be saying because right. this kind of phobia is usually directly related to something you might have blocked you know in your in your conscious mind but maybe you choked on peanut butter a long time ago and you just your huh. body hasn't forgotten that and right. it it ends up with this arachidophobia uh, that is unshakable and that's <laughs> where we are what do you think about that I don't personally suffer from it, but I get it. I'm having peanut butter right now. Um, I'm having my podcast <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> All pulp. What? Um, could it also be because in addition to breathing, I don't generally, if I put my hand down in something, I was speaking about going camping. You know what's sticky? Camping. Yeah. <laughs> There's sap sticky, over everything gross. and everything is sort of dripping and stuff. Could it also just be that that tackiness, the stickiness? Of whether it's in your mouth or also like sticky, what does sticky mean in nature? Yeah, it means it's, it's either some sort of like refuse, right? Isn't yep. it like a poop or something? Or the or, insides of something on the outside? Yeah, that shouldn't be there, right? <laughs> right. Or, it's sticky is something to wash off, or it's like <laughs> it's like it just don't look up because it's either like a dinosaur or a predator or something is above right. you and salivating on you. That happens Constantly. too, right? Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, so I love that in movies. I, you know what I've never done in my life? The really slow turnaround. <laughs> if there's, if I hear something behind me, I'm turning around. I like to rip the bandaid off. Not this, oh boy, oh boy. I hope there's nothing on that branch. Oh, get a move if, on. Okay, if sorry. I just turn around quiet, they won't see me, but they already <laughs> yeah. see. That's the problem. Yes. They already yeah. see. Okay. So, uh, the, do you suffer from this at all? Do you have no. some? No, okay. I take a peanut butter bath every night. Uh, I'm oh, really no. fine with it. I'm I'm fine. I feel like it's hydrating. I have and I have a new phobia. <laughs> is a in crunch, especially the crunchy kind. Uh, sure. So I I feel like it exfoliates. No, of course I yes. I don't I don't have a problem with uh, with sticky foods. I I like sticky foods. I don't like what they do to my teeth. Right. So I don't the really sticky like toffee and things yep. like that. I don't I don't eat a lot of that. Uh, but it's not because of this any sort of dysphagia, any sort of choking uh, issue. The other, one other angle uh, that is not related to past trauma is related to another very real fear. If you have a any sort of peanut allergy, sometimes oh. this is related because when you, if you have any sort of, um, like it, when you, if you're allergic to peanuts and it constricts your airways, then that can have a, a real like fear of suffocating as well 
Um, sure. It, it doesn't and sound that's, sort that's of, like what sticky and not okay is telling us that it's more an issue of of the actual substance and not right. an allergy. But it's it's another interesting angle, that connection. But but I do think it's really interesting, and I do want to call out, this is an alternative therapy that a lot of people are embracing, and that hypnosis, uh, we've talked about it on the show, is something that you're terrified of. Uh, but using <laughs> hypnosis in a therapeutic uh, circumstance can really help you uncover a lot of past trauma that might yield uh, uncommonly satisfactory results in your todays. I <laughs> use words interchangeably That's... sometimes. They might not make sense, but it's a puzzle. Everything I say is like a little riddle. <laughs> You're a human wordle. Check you out. <laughs> Did you want to talk any more about morchuosquiosphobia? You don't even remember what it is now. <laughs> Which one was that? Fear of ketchup. How about I got oh, another right. one? I got another one for you, though. This one is even better. Brumotactylophobia. Brumo? What's that? I had a real case of brumotactylophobia when I was a kid, but now you did. Now it's uh, now I get, it's just everything in a pile is okay. Everything in a pile. Oh, uh, food touching. Fear of food yep. touching. Yeah, me too. I was I was Army Corners for a yep. long time growing totally. up, and now I just like everything to be a KFC bowl. Just yep. one gigantic meat pile. <laughs> this from well, Marcus Waring, who's a professional chef and master chef judge, says, I absolutely have this. I always eat each component on my plate alone and unadulterated. He's a professional chef. Wow. Go yep. for it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Sticky, for writing in. It sounds like you have a handle on it, which is good. Yeah. Uh, that's great news. A lot of people don't even have that. And um, stay... What's the opposite of sticky? What's the opposite of sticky? Stay dry. Stay. Ew. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it is. This is a funny submission, right? Because sticky and not okay submitted something that really they've got kind of on lock. They they've learned a lot. So all I have to say is thank you because I learned a ton about some specific phobias that we haven't talked about that cause a lot of people a lot of grief and uh, and so I really appreciate hearing that and, uh, and and being able to dig into some of this stuff. It's absolutely fascinating. The, yeah. the, the brain and the mouth. Cray cray. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is Hoshafiro Yaruni by Raz. Coming up next week. Oh my God, danger omelets. Every day I get up and I take my uh -huh. eggs with me into the shower and then I wash my hands in a bowl of Klonopin and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I go to an office building with taupe interior walls and I find an unused, unfurnished room and I sit on the floor <laughs> and I watch Avatar every year on my cell phone. Oh my God. <laughs> you yeah. manage your screen time and it's like, put me down. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll yeah. die out here <laughs> because of what you did. Until then, I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Mess Third. Thank you so much for downloading. We will be back next week on What's That Smell? Oh